I'm really excited to share this morning. If, if you are new here, my name is Sean. I'm part of the team here. And uh, excited to just be a two-part series that I'm looking at starting off, uh, starting off today. And we're going to be looking at a really, really big, well-known passage of Scripture this morning, uh, which I'm excited about. Has anyone heard of the splitting of the Red Sea and Moses? Yeah, a few of you have. If you haven't, we're going to read it together, and uh, I'm going to be sharing just some thoughts from what I believe God wants to say to us today, which is super exciting. Question for you to think about. Have you ever been fearful of something? Okay. Okay. Have you ever had a moment where something has taken place and fear has set in? Perhaps it was the feeling of not being able to pay the bills. Perhaps it was an accident that had taken place or even a doctor's note or doctor's report that has come your way. Perhaps something to do with a loved one. Fear. We've all experienced it and we all know the powers of what fear can do in our hearts and in our minds. Fear can paralyze us. It can stop us from functioning in the freedom that God has destined us for. Fear can disarm us of our faith and in some ways cripple us to a lack of movement or even stagnancy. Fear, I believe, is one of the greatest tactics that the enemy has been using to stop the church from advancing in the way that God wants the church to advance in. I believe, deep down in my soul this morning, that some of you are going to be speaking to your fear this morning and telling it to move. So often within our lives, many of the things God has in store for us is actually on the other side of fear. Fear as an emotion isn't necessarily a bad thing. We all have every right to feel the emotion of fear. It's not a sinful thing or a bad thing to have the emotion of fear rise up inside of our souls. We've all experienced it, and I'm sure in the days ahead we may experience it again. It can be a news report. It could be something that someone says. It could be something that's coming up in your lives. It could even be something from the past that's creeping up and knocking on your door. Fear is a very natural emotion. But what I want to share about today as we look at this passage of Scripture is I believe there's a big difference between feeling the emotion of fear and becoming friends with fear. Feeling the emotion of fear is a very natural instinct, but becoming friends with fear is a choice. It's a choice that we make, and it's a choice that so often is very natural to every single one of us. Fear is something that I believe God wants us to deal with. Why don't you turn your attention to the screens really quickly, watch this short little video that I found really helpful that talks about fear. Skydiving is a really interesting confront with fear. (laughs) I gotta stand up, I gotta stand up. You go out the night before and you, you know, you take a drink with your friends and somebody says, yeah, we should go skydiving tomorrow. And you go, yeah, we'll go skydiving tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and you go, yeah, and everybody goes, yeah. And you go home and you by yourself, you're like, hmm. Right, you're like, well, I mean, they, they was drunk too. So then that night you're laying in your bed and you just keep (laughs) and you're terrified. You keep imagining over and over again jumping out of an airplane and you can't figure out why you would do that. 
So you get there, and then you have this safety brief. And you're standing there, and the guys will tell you, well, if the chute doesn't open, what's going to happen is you're doing, you, well, why the hell, why, what could happen? <laughs> so you get onto the airplane, and you're sitting there, and, and you know, it's extra because you're sitting on some dude's lap, some stranger. <laughs> trying to make small talk, yeah, man. You, so you do, you'd, be, you'd be jumping with people all the time, huh? You, so you fly, and you go up to 14,000 feet, and somebody opens the door. And in that moment, you realize you've never been in a freaking airplane with the door open. <laughs> terror, 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 terror. And then people start going out of the airplane. And the guy walks you up to the end of the thing and you're standing and your toes are on the edge and you're looking out down to death. They say, on three, one, two, and he pushes you on two because people grab on three. And you fall out of the airplane, and in one second, you realize that it's the most blissful experience of your life. You're flying. There's zero fear. You realize that the point of maximum danger is the point of minimum fear. The lesson for me was, why were you scared in your bed the night before? What do you need that fear for? Everything up to the stepping out, there's actually no reason to be scared. And then in that moment, all of a sudden, where you should be terrified is the most blissful experience of your life. And God placed the best things in life on the other side of fear. God thing, uh, placed the best things on life on the other side of fear. Anyone skydived in the room? I have. Has anyone else? There's a few of you. You'll be able to relate to the feeling that, that Will Smith there was talking about, and it is so, so very true. There's fear leading all the way up to that moment, but as soon as you jump out, surprisingly, all that fear is shifted in a second. For many of us in this room this morning, we may be here for different reasons. You might be here because a friend invited you, or perhaps you have family or friends or your parents come here. Perhaps you're a student at university uh, and you have decided this is going to be your church. For some of you, it might be because you like the songs or the sermons or um, you like the community and the family feel. I don't know the reason why you are specifically here this morning, but what I do know is I believe deep down in my soul as I've been preparing and praying over this message over the last two to three weeks is I believe that God has brought some of you here specifically and intentionally for God to deal with fear in your lives. I believe God wants to eradicate and remove fear from his church in order for them to step in to the plans and purposes that he has predestined them for. And I believe this morning, God wants to bring us towards the attention of addressing our hearts and our lives and looking through the spectrum of our souls and asking the honest question of, do I hold any fear? 
Have I made friends with fear at any point in my life? Is there something inside that I have allowed to make home within my heart that now fear is set in there and it's stopping me from releasing me into the freedom that God has placed over my life? Is there fear in our hearts that God wants to look for us to look at and to address? We're going to look at a story of scripture and it's the parting of the Red Sea. It's the Israelites being called out of slavery from Egypt and Moses leading them to the great exodus that happens in chapter 13. And then from chapter 14, they start to move from the bondages of the Egyptians and from Pharaoh and they start to embrace this beautiful reality of freedom. But they start to recognize that freedom isn't always as simple as we might like it to be. That sometimes freedom even in itself has has its own challenges and its own difficulties for us to explore and for us to navigate. And we pick up the story. Today we're not going to look at them actually going through the Red Sea. Hold your horses a little bit. We'll look at that next week, I promise. We're going to look just a little bit before and I believe God wants to speak to us through the word. If you have a Bible, Exodus chapter 14, and I'm going to read from verses 5 to 13. It will come up on the screen behind me. It says these words. When the king of Egypt was told that the people of Israel, the people of God, had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their mind about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go. Now we've lost their service. So Pharaoh quickly had his chariots made ready and took his army with them. He took 600, 600 of the best chariots, along with other chariots of Egypt, with officers over every single one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so he pursued the Israelites who were marching and leaving slavery to embrace freedom. The Egyptian, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pi-Harioth, opposite Baal-Sephon. And as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. This is now from the, the beach on the sand, and the, uh, the, the Red Sea is behind them. They look up, and all around them are these mountains, mountains that are now filled, filled with one of the greatest armies that has ever been seen or understood in history, filled with chariots and swords and bows and arrows and people and horses. And as they look up, it says that they were terrified. And they were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. And then they turned to Moses, the one who had led them to this situation. The one who turned up out of nowhere and said, God's calling you this way, follow me. And they look at him and they say, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have brought us here to the desert to die? That's a bit of a burn, isn't it? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you whilst we were in Egypt, leave us alone and let us serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, and here it is, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord that he will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see all over these mountains, you'll never see again. And here's the power verse in verse 14. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. What a power verse that is, hey. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Fear not and do not be afraid is a verse or words that is many, many times throughout the scripture repetitively brought towards our attention. Jesus said it to his disciples time and time again. He said, do not be afraid. In fact, Jesus even spoke to his disciples and said, there are going to be trials and troubles that are going to be ahead of you. And I want to remind you in this moment when I go, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the difficulties that are ahead. 
Don't be afraid of the circumstances that feel like they're swamping you. Do not be afraid. In fact, fear not or don't be afraid is mentioned over 300 times in the Bible. Over 300 times we hear this remark made to us and I would like to suggest to us that this isn't just a good suggestion for our souls, but it's a command that God has placed upon our lives. That actually God wants to say to his people, this isn't just something that would be good for you. It's not just something that would be beneficial for you. But this is a command that I want you to live in the reality of. I do not want you to have fear in your hearts or of your souls of something that is past, present, or future. Because fear is not part of the end game of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Take heart. Hold firm. Stand strong. The verse in verse 14 that we just read, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. It feels like God wants to clearly and articulately get across the message to his people that fear is not within his agenda. Isn't it fascinating within our lives that often we're on, when we're on the verge of breakthrough or freedom, it is in those moments that the enemy starts to really push down on fear on our lives. So often within our lives, we're one step away from a breakthrough or from a freedom moment, from liberation, from stepping into that which God is calling us to into the next season. And it's in that moment that fear starts to bury down on our hearts and on our minds. And here we have the Israelites, the people of God, The ones who are called out, set apart from God, just like you and I, the church today, those who Jesus has called to be part of his story of building his church and building his kingdom. What an honor and privilege that is, by the way. And here they are, and they are stuck on a beach. Behind them is the Red Sea that spans for miles, and then all around them is these chariots filling the mountains up. Hundreds and hundreds of one of the greatest armies known to mankind breathing down their necks. They could probably hear the chariots moving and the rocks falling. They could hear the grunting of the horses, the clicking and clanking of their metal boots on the ground, the swords being pulled, the bow and arrows being stretched. And here you have the Israelites who were once friends with these people and now back against the waters facing the sword. It was rather death by water or death by sword. Fear is a very natural instinct to feel in this moment. I don't know if you were in that situation, but I certainly would probably be pooping my pants a little bit, right? (laughs) Sorry. In this moment, as they're looking up, they're trying to figure out what's the next steps we do. Screw Moses, we're leaving him. I'm not bothered about that guy. He's just led us to this awful moment. I'm looking around and I'm thinking, is there a weapon that I can at least get to try to take on a couple of these guys? Is there a raft I can build to get onto the sea and try to escape this situation? And suddenly, they're trying to navigate their minds to get out of what is an urgent and difficult and fearful situation. What if the greatest battle next to the Red Sea wasn't Pharaoh and the chariots that looked up on the mountains? But what if the greatest battle that's taking place in this story right now is the battle with fear? Fear. That fear that you feel sometimes overcomes you. The fear that breathes down your neck and feels like it's trying to take you captive again. The fear of that something that took place in your life many, many moons ago and now you're scared it's going to creep back up and make your reputation tarnished. The fear of a present situation that's taking place that you just don't know how it's going to go, what's going to turn out. The fear of not knowing if there's going to be provision ahead or protection ahead. The fear of something taking place of someone around us that we love. The fear of even the future. 
not knowing how the future looks and the fear that is drummed down by the media day in and day out of you don't know what's around the corner, you better get ready. Fear that cripples us and stagnates us and moves us bound. I'm not about the fear that you can so often feel fleeting in this room. I'm not about the fear that when you're in bed alone at night and you're left with your thoughts and it starts to prop up. The fear that nobody else knows about. The anxieties and worries that weigh down on you in your, in your thinking that you think, I can't tell anyone about these fears because it will make me look weak. So I've just got to try, push through, and just hope that this fear is removed. I'm talking about that fear. We all have a fear somewhere in our lives. We all feel the fear breathing down our necks. The difference is, is whether we allow that fear to make a home in our hearts. You know, I believe in every context and situation we find ourselves, we will, we will plant ourselves out of two different contexts. With your relationships or your finance or your job or your work or your marriage or your children, your parenting, whatever it is in your life that, that are always propping up, it's always there, it's, it's consistent within you. I believe every single component, every little box that you may have compartmentalized your, your life into, every single one, they will be spoken and lived out out of two different contexts. And here's the two different contexts. You will live out every context in your life out of fear or out of faith. Everyone. Fear or faith. Fear to believe that that job that I've got an interview for, it's just not, not going to happen. That's fear. Fear that I'm thinking about the future and I'm thinking, do you know what? I don't know if this marriage is going to work that I find myself in. That, that's fear. Fear believing when we're thinking of our children who we desperately love to see in Christianity and in faith and in church, but they're currently somewhere away. Fear says that they're never going to come back. You have no idea what's going on in our lives. That, that fear. Fear that consistently tries to dampen your faith and reduce you of hope. I'm talking about that fear. Fear will always and consistently be something that stops us in our track and, and, and stops us from taking a step forward into the things that I believe God is calling us towards. I'm on about a fear that ruins your life in so many different circumstances. Fear that you have allowed sometimes to make friends with and as you've made friends with that fear, it's made a difference to the decisions that you've made in your life. Decisions where you've gone, do you know what, I'm just not going to try because I'm a little bit fearful of what will go wrong in that situation or circumstance. We can live from a context of fear, but let me tell you, you can also live from the promise of hope. We can live from the promise of faith and from hope and from trust and from the things that God has given us as much as we would like to, but it's a choice in who we partner with because fear, fear will tell you don't take that risk. Faith will say, take the risk and if you try and you fail, God will pick you back up and he'll get you going again. Faith will say, don't worry about what is next. Faith will say, my God is bigger than the fears that I face. I can walk confidently into this next season because I serve a God who's already before me. Amen. He's already behind me. Yeah. He's already around me. Faith eradicates fear and moves it from our lives and it pushes us towards the destiny and the calling that God has got for us. I believe right now in this moment, God is calling his church to live from the context of faith and not fear. You know, the enemy has been using this tactic of fear a long time, hasn't he? 
Has anyone ever experienced the fear of the enemy trying to get you to think a certain way, do a certain thing, make a decision in a certain way? That's the enemy. He's been doing it since the garden in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and he's been continuing the same old trait, the same old tactic. Every single day we face a barrage of the enemy whispering fears into our hearts and whispering fears into our minds, fears that say you're going to miss out on his plans, fears that say that you're not good enough to be able to do that which God is calling you to, fears that say bad stuff is going to happen to you, fears that say your marriage will never work out, you'll never meet the right person, you'll never be able to have the children that you so desperately want, fears that say you're never going to step into the call and the plans, the purposes that he has, predestined us for, as it says in Romans, the good works that are ahead for us, it's the same lies, the same fear that was happening way back then, and it's still happening way back now. What if, what if we made a decision today to become a little bit more smarter and a little bit more wiser and say, enemy, you will not allow fear to come into my heart anymore. From this moment onwards, I will say no to fear and I will say yes to faith. What if we come to a place where we start to figure out the same tactics and traits the enemy's been using on the church for so long and we become a little bit smarter and say fear has no place in this building. It's only faith and faith alone. So here's what I want to do. Over the next 10 minutes, I want to show you just three simple ways, three steps that I call a roadmap away from fear. A roadmap away from fear. The first one I've already alluded to and I've mentioned it multiple times, but I feel the first step of loosening fear in your life is to walk through it and to find faith on the opposite side. Fear to faith. Fear can rather be the handcuff to your life that chains you down or it can be a doorway to a new reality of faith-based living. Here's a tip that I'll give you that I've heard before that has found very helpful in my own life when it comes to fear. It says these words, if we can shift our focus, I believe we can shift our fear. If we can shift our focus, we can shift our fear. If we can shift our focus, we can shift our fear. What is it? If there's a fear in your life that you can recognize and understand as I've been speaking, it's prompted up in your head and in your mind. Here it is. If you can shift your focus, you will be able to shift your fear. Who wants to shift fear from their lives this morning, hey? There's some fears that are not meant to be on your life, friends. Don't become roommates with them. Don't become roommates with fear. Don't become roommates with fear. Don't allow it to just live so you start to become accustomed with it. But today, choose today to be a moment where I say no more to fear. Fear will will not be the narrative of my life. It will not be the narrative of my life because it's not the narrative of the life Jesus has for me. How do I know that? I know that because the Bible says these words. The Bible says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love, what? Casts out fear. Doesn't just reduce fear by 20%, does it? It doesn't bring it down by 30% or 40% or 50%. It doesn't just bring it down momentarily so it can sit over there and then come back in our life when we've got to take another risk or another adventure with God. What does it say? Perfect love will what? Cast out fear. Some of us are going to cast out fear this morning. I believe it with all of my heart. Some of us are going to say, no more fear. You've been ruining my life for too long. And from this day forward, I choose faith over fear because perfect love casts out fear. When we shift our focus, we shift our fear. What do we shift our focus towards? We shift our focus to the perfect love of Jesus Christ. His blood. It's always the answer. The answer is really simple in the Christian faith. It's not about a man or a woman. It's about Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. 
He is the one that is the perfect love that can solve all the answers to our hearts and to our souls. And if we can shift our focus, we can shift our fear. Because perfect love, his perfect love, has no place for fear. Fear, get out of here. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. I say it. And I feel it in my... Some of you are thinking about faith as I've been sharing. You're thinking, well, I'm not a person of faith. I see different people and I see the faith they have. We hear of the historical men and women of God that have done great acts and we've spoken about them. We celebrate them. We thank God for what he has done in the past. Amen. We thank God for where he has brought us and where he is leading us. Of course we do. We thank God for those things and we hear stories of great faiths. We, see, we hear movements of great faith and often when we hear those things, some of us, it will rise up faith within inside of our souls and we get dead excited and then some of us, we just think that's just not for me. I'm not a person of great faith. I just can't do that. I can't believe that way. I can't think that way. Well, the good news that I have for you this morning is I believe, and this is just my belief, that faith isn't the result of great confidence or boldness, but faith is the result of being filled with God's Spirit and knowing His perfect love. If you struggle with faith, there's good news for you because the Corinthians tells us that one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is what? Faith. Faith is on offer for your heart and soul this morning. Not by me, not by Mark, not by any of the team, but by the presence of God and by the power of his spirit. Here's a quote for you. If we feed our faith, our fears will starve. If we feed our faith, our fears will start. Church, can we dare to dream that we will become once again the fearless church that I believe God is calling us towards? Can we dare to believe that actually there are some adventures ahead for our own individual lives, but also ahead for us as a community that's going to take great risk and take great faith in order to see God do what he wants to do. I believe God in this moment is calling people towards faith once again. Not just those that are Christians, he's doing that, but also those outside there. This morning in the first service, we saw two people respond to the gospel because God is calling people to faith. Yesterday morning in a field in the middle of Crediton, we saw 42 people give their lives to Jesus because God is calling people towards great faith. Every single day, all around the world, you might not hear about it, you might not see it, but God is calling his people to great faith. And it is great faith that we need as the church. Here's why. The world is crippled by fear. Fear is everywhere, on every doorstep, on every news outlet, on every social media that you have, you will see narratives of fear. And I can guarantee you this, when the world is filled with fear, it doesn't need a church that is filled with fear. It needs a church that is almighty filled with the faith of God to believe that God is still doing the things that he promised he would do. He's still advancing into mission. He's still building the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He is still saving souls. Signs, wonders and miracles are still following the preaching of the gospel all around the world. Chains are still being broken free. I don't care what addiction is in your life. I don't care what has gone on in your past. God is more powerful than every single circumstance we will ever come against. And if God would split the Red Sea for Israel to see freedom obtained for them, I still believe in this day right now, God would do the same for you and I. There is great faith that is being raised up because a world filled with fear needs a church filled with faith. But in order for us to obtain that faith, we need to be filled with the Spirit. We need to know the love of God. But here's something else that I believe in my heart that we need to do. We need to share more stories of faith. We need to speak about them. And we need to get excited about them. We don't need to judge someone for what they're sharing or what they're saying. We just need to go, God, you are so good. Thank you for salvations. Thank you for miracles. Thank you for testimonies. Thank you for what you're doing out there and in here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. When we start to feed our faith, what will happen? Our fears will 
starve. Stories like people from all over the nation in the last few months relocating their whole lives to come down to the southwest because they feel that God's calling them. Stories of church plants being birthed by people who want to give everything for Jesus. Stories of people who are willing to leave every financial security they've got in order to step into the plans and promises of God because they believe he will provide. Stories of people getting saved all around the world and here in this place. Stories about God building his church and pushing back the kingdom of darkness and the gates of hell every step of the way. That's the stories we need to hear. Forget the stories of the news or of the media. Start to fill your life with stories of faith. Because fear can lead to faith. And faith can lead to breakthrough. Fear can be the entrance to faith. And faith can be the introduction to breakthrough. Here's how I see it. The Israelites started in fear which resulted in Moses harnessing faith, which led to the breakthrough statement which God commanded to his people, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Who wants breakthrough in their lives? From fear to faith to breakthrough. Be still. Sounds like a very passive command from God in the middle of very active circumstances, doesn't it? I don't know if, if you're like me, but if I was one of the Israelites in this moment and God just said, hey, just be still for a moment. Got all these Egyptians just starting to pull back their bows at me and God's just like, perfect target practice, you just be still. Sounds quite bizarre to me if, if we're really honest about it. Why would he want us to be still when the armies are pulling back their arrows and their horses are grunting ready to charge and the swords are being waved around and the noise is starting to become great? What helps does it make for us to stand still in the middle of a moment where urgency is required? The command from God is be still. Could it be that when we're still, it leads to revelation? Could it be that when we're still, it leads to intimacy, and intimacy leads to trust, trust leads to hope, and hope leads to faith, and faith leads to breakthrough? Could it be that in this moment, God so clearly wanted to demonstrate his power, and his sovereignty, and his plan and his purpose, that he just simply looked at his people. Shh. You just be still and watch. Isn't that a reflection of our salvation? Isn't it a reflection of every single one of us being broken and hurting and destructed people with nowhere to go? And in the middle of great brokenness, we found a savior who just said, you don't need to do anything. I've already done it. Band, if you'd like to join me at this point. I believe Moses knew if he could just be still, he would knew and he would recognize who was behind him. And it wasn't the sea. It wasn't death. It wasn't destruction. It was God. 
Hebrews 11:26 says these words about Moses. Isn't it interesting in this story, by the way, just a side note, that in this story, it was Moses' guidance and leadership that led the Israelites to a place that seemed incredibly uncomfortable and extremely fearful. I don't know about you, but it's in those moments that so often you can find yourself in a situation where you would start to doubt the leadership of someone that leads you to a place like that. Can I suggest this morning that sometimes the greatest leadership leads us to places that need the greatest faith for it to be work? We can rather be a comfortable and stagnant follower of Jesus Christ, or we can be a church and a people that is uncomfortable and miraculous because we choose faith over fear. Hebrews 11.26, I close with this. Moses left Egypt by faith. Fear. Anyone remember the story of the burning bush? I'm not good enough, God. Fear. Moses left Egypt by faith, not being afraid of the anger and the reign of Pharaoh, who was the king. And then it says these words at the end of verse 26, for he endured, for he moved, for he walked, for he lived by seeing him who is invisible. I believe in this moment what, what God did in, Mo, in Moses' heart. As he's on, the, he's on the beach and the people are complaining and they're about to kill him really. They're so frustrated within his life. He's trying to get them to see the pathway away from fear. If we could just step away from fear or we could walk through fear, we would see on the other side, it's faith. And when we start to see faith, we start to be introduced to all kinds of breakthroughs. And here's the greatest breakthrough that you and I will ever encompass in our life. It's not the breakthrough of the Red Sea. We're gonna talk about that next week and we'll get excited. God does provide for his people. But I wanna, I wanna bring to you the greatest breakthrough that we will ever understand is not a parting of the Red Sea. It's not an impossible situation being made possible. It's not going through doors that God has, has uh, pro provided for us. It's none of those things. The greatest breakthrough that you and I will ever understand and ever encompass before the Red Sea and before the defeat of Pharaoh and the Egyptians is the breakthrough of seeing he who is invisible. The greatest breakthrough in our lives is a relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. The greatest breakthrough we'll, we'll ever have in our lives happened 2,000 years ago on a cross when Jesus came and died for every single one of us. We might not ever see another breakthrough again, but guess what? We've already had one that will do it all anyway. If nothing happens from now onwards to the day that we go, the greatest breakthrough has already taken place and it came through a man of Jesus Christ who purchased your life and said, you are value enough and you are worthy enough for me to want to bring you and adopt you into the kingdom of light. The greatest breakthrough we have ever experienced is not the breakthrough of the parting of the Red Sea. It's the breakthrough of our souls going from darkness to light, going from death to life, going from being blinded to our eyes being opened. The greatest breakthrough that will ever come into this place the breakthrough of Jesus. For he who is invisible led me from fear to faith to breakthrough. The greatest breakthrough that comes from faith is not the breakthroughs of personal gain as much as they come. It's the breakthrough of understanding that the God we follow is greater than any fear we will ever face. Stronger than any fear we will ever face, more powerful than any fear we will ever face. And hear this, those who have fear, 
God is more real than any fear you will ever face. Would you stand with me, church? Thank you. I'm going to pray for two things as the band leaders in a song. We're just going to wait on the Lord. I don't want you to feel like this moment is just a moment where you're waiting for something to happen. But instead, I'd love to encourage you just to posture your heart in worship. Start to re-engage with worship again. Don't wait for something to take place. Just allow what God has said to you personally. It might not have been anything that I've said. It might be something completely different. Whatever it is, I want you to hold on to that. And I want you to bring it before God in worship. I want you to focus your eyes. Remember, shift your focus. You'll shift your fear. So now is the moment for us as a church, just over the next few moments, to shift our focus, shift it away from our fear, and fix our eyes on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And here's two things that I'm going to pray for as we come to a conclusion. Firstly, for anyone that's facing an impossible situation, for anyone that's facing a Red Sea moment, you don't know where to turn or where to go, you can feel fears in your life. Fears invade your heart. Right at the beginning of the, of the sermon this morning, as I started talking about those fears, and, and I believe Spirit is saying this, when I mention specifically about when you're in bed alone, left with your thoughts, there are fears that raise up, and you, you knew them straight away when I spoke about it. Those fears, I believe God wants to show you His perfect love this morning so those fears can be removed. And I'm going to pray just to, just to pray for those people that, that want that, that want fears to be eradicated from their lives, that want to go from fear to faith to breakthrough this morning. I want to pray for you. So if you would just close your eyes out of respect for those in the room. If you have one of those moments, if you would just love me to pray for you on the stage, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hands and I'm going to pray. You can do that now. Thank you for the hands that are going up. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to pray for you just now. I'm going to, I'm going to pray a real short prayer and then I'm going to say amen and, and here's what I want you to do keep your hands raised for those that have got it if you would appreciate after me some followers of Jesus gathering around you and putting their hands on the shoulder and standing with you and praying for you personally then I want you to keep your hand raised and I'm going to allow people to come pray for you but let me just pray for you quickly keep your hand raised Holy Spirit fear is something that trips us up consistently and it's okay to feel that emotion of fear but sometimes we make friends with it and it becomes part of our lives and I ask for every impossible situation that is represented in this room, a situation that feels like a Red Sea moment, they're waiting for God to make a way where there feels like there's no way. God, we believe that nothing is impossible with you. So we ask right now by the power of the Holy Spirit for your perfect love first to come and cast out fear. In the name of Jesus, we say fear be removed. Not by power, not by raising my voice, not by my strength, not by tone, but by the Spirit of the Lord and His perfect love, fear, be gone in the name of Jesus. Be gone in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray for impossible situations to be turned around. You're the way maker. You make miracles in deserts and streamlands. You bring forth fruit and living waters. And I ask now, Holy Spirit, for you to impart into your children, your sons and daughters, a faith to believe that you're behind every circumstance and every situation. If you would appreciate some people just continuing to pray with you, then you keep your hand raised at this moment. And it's just going to signify to some people around you. Church, if you've not got your hand up, could you just look around? If there is someone close to you, could you just pray for them if that's okay? 
Ask for the Holy Spirit to fill their lives and for faith to be imparted. The gift of faith to rise up. For the gift of faith to rise up. The gift of faith rise up in people's souls and minds and hearts. Gift of faith. Spirit, release your spiritual gifts. Release your spiritual blessings to your church. May faith arise. Church, faith arise. Son, faith arise. Daughter, faith arise. Faith arise. Faith arise in this place. Come forth, spring up, oh well. Faith arise. Faith arise in hearts. Faith arrive, uh, arise in purpose and destiny. Faith arise in the past, in the present, and in the future. Faith arise for decisions that are going to be made in the coming weeks and the coming months. Faith arise in people's minds and in people's hearts and in people's souls. May faith arise. And as faith arises, as we feed that faith and we believe that God will do what He said He will do, He will accomplish the promises that He's spoken over our lives. We ask and we demand fear be removed, be broken off. Be broken off in the name of Jesus. Every fear be loosed. Be loosed. Every fear come off people's minds, off people's hearts, off people's souls. Fear be loosed. Be removed. Be removed. We speak to the fear and we command it to be loosed in the name of Jesus. Be removed. Be removed and let perfect love cast out fear. The love of Jesus Christ fill every heart, fill every mind, fill every soul and let every fear be loosed. Let every fear be banished. Fear for the future. Fear for the present. Be gone in the name of Jesus. Be gone in the name of Jesus. Be loosed. Faith come forth. Faith be forth. We pray it in your powerful name. In your powerful name. Amen. Amen. Before we worship, I want to uh, give the invitation opportunity for anyone that wants to follow Jesus this morning to be able to do so. Perhaps you've been hearing about faith and you've been hearing about what God has done for our hearts and our lives. You've recognized and sensed his presence this morning. And perhaps this morning you want to say yes to Jesus. You want to follow him. You want to give all your, all your attention and all your mind and all your heart and soul towards following Jesus for the rest of your days. And if that's you, I would love to pray for you. It'd be my greatest honor my greatest honor to be able to pray with you and pray for you. So again, as all eyes are closed and I know some people are still praying, if this morning you want to say yes to Jesus, you want to start to follow him or you want to come back to him and start to rededicate your life towards him, I want you to do something really bold and as every eye is closed, just out of respect for those here, would you just lift up your hand really really high and I'm just going to pray for you if that's you. There's anyone in the room and I that wants to follow Jesus this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Does anyone else? Okay, to that person that's just responded to wanting to follow Jesus, I'd love you to just pray this prayer after me. Jesus, thank you for, your, for giving your life for me. Thank you for your perfect love that casts out fear. Thank you that you want to take me from fear to faith to breakthrough. And I ask that you will fill me with your Holy Spirit. I turn away from my sin and all the wrong I've done in my life. And I turn towards your love. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Purify me. 
fill me with your Holy Spirit. I choose to follow you. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. 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 For that person that responded to the gospel tonight, we'd love to chat with you at the end of this service and be able to give you some things that will just help you in your journey in the coming days and weeks. But church, thank you for being with us this morning. The band are going to lead us in a song. and I know some people are still being prayed for. We've got a lot to rejoice and give thanks about three people who have given their lives to Jesus this morning. From fear to faith to breakthrough. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, man.